hello. Karthik and I are back with episode 6 for the EITF project. We've been loving the interaction that we're having with our audience. Speaking of interactions and forming connections, for this next interview, Karthik and I reached out to Srija Nair, the Director of Product Management at Qualcomm. Srija, like a lot of us in tech, started out as a systems engineering intern at Qualcomm back in 2008. She has since had an amazing tenure of growth and learning at Qualcomm. Srija loved the idea of the EITF project because she has always believed in encouraging those who came after her in her field of work. She talks about how important it is to have a mentor, someone who can guide and recognize your potential. For the EITF project, Srija reveals the secrets of co-opetition and on the role it plays in aiding a successful career. She also talks about the distinction between a job and a career and how one can grow in each. She emphasizes on the importance of forming connections with the professional community outside of work and maintaining those connections. Karthik and I could relate to a lot of her answers and we learned a lot from her. We also felt very encouraged to pursue greater heights in our careers after our conversation with Srija. We're sure you guys will feel the same way after watching this interview. Okay, let's move on to the interview. Hi, Srija. Welcome to the EITF project. It's great to have you here. I'm so happy that uh, you decided to do this interview with us. Our audience is going to have a lot of fun hearing from you and they're going to learn a lot because the first time I spoke to you, I learned a lot. Uh, thank um, you, Nandini. You are too kind. I had the same uh, experience talking with you. I loved your energy and I absolutely love what Karthik and you are doing out here. Many congratulations to you. And I cannot wait for us to get started. All right. That's great. Um, so I'll dive right into the first question. What was your first job, Srija? And what is one piece of knowledge that you took away from it that you carry with you today? Uh, that's, uh, you know, just going back in time uh, at the cost of dating myself a bit. I started my career about you know, roughly 13 years ago, you know, as an intern. And uh, my first uh, internship uh, or rather my only internship was at Qualcomm, where I started as a systems test in, uh, intern on the Bluetooth side. Uh, to give you a background before that, I did my master's in wireless communication. So, you know, throughout your books, you know, you read about Qualcomm as this company that's done so much in the wireless communication field that yeah, I was in awe and, you know, it was my dream company. So when I got an internship at Qualcomm, it was like I was on seventh heaven. And that really, uh, you know, helped me get a good perspective uh, of what the industry is, you know, what happens. And it was very different from uh, what I used to do back in school. And I realized that your skills, what you learn or, you know, what you uh, do in school are not directly translatable uh, unless, you know, you start chiseling at them. The fundamentals remain the same, what you study, but how you apply them. And that's where, where applications matter, which we are not taught as much in school. You know, you do these projects, etc. But the, the what you do in the lab or what you do at work is very customized to the products that you are building. And that's not uh, directly uh, relatable. Uh, how do you say it? translatable? So that was one of my first experiences at a personal level. I feel, uh, you know, coming out of school, one of the biggest blunders I made was calling everybody sir and ma'am. I think it came from my upbringing back in India. I don't know what happens to everybody. 
<laughs> and uh, just changing that habit was very hard. So I these days tell, and I think these days uh, uh, students are much smarter, so they get attuned to it uh, earlier. You know, I say start addressing and get used to that habit of calling people by name. It's very important. It's very hard after you come in. People are like what? <laughs> If you had to ask me, you know, what's one lesson that I take back? I think I'd say early on in my career, I thought, you know, your work is all that you do. For example, if I'm given a task, how do I do that the best? And how do I work or get all the material that I need to study to do that task without looking right or left and you know putting my head down and I and I feel many of the new grads that come in or interns that come in I still see them doing that that was my biggest uh, mistake I would say I realized that our careers and our you know our professional and personal development is multi-dimensional it is never unidimensional remember that you know just like in school when you were graded for you know beyond your gpa you were looked at you know for extracurriculars and other aspects your career or the work you do is also a sum of that uh, my biggest uh, takeaway and lesson there was focus on cross functional things you know cross functional aspects or what you can glean from different people around you it, it could be different modules so when you're starting off you know you're working on a very small module or a certain task it could be other tasks that people are doing and how do you learn that then you know as you progress you're going into other you know verticals or modules or however you call them But But keep learning and you know cross-functionally growing that's in terms of your work but in terms of your personal development look for opportunities that help you grow as an individual and do things beyond your work and enhance your personality so that was my biggest takeaway from uh, my first you know first job or internship plus early career i think to sum it all up you just said that there is a clear distinction between work and career and i think it's a very important lesson for everybody who's starting out in the industry absolutely so was one growing pain point that you've had in your career and how uh, did you overcome that growing pain point interesting in terms of a pain point right uh, i i'd say at the starting of my career i viewed my career as i in this concept of of game theory we call it as a zero sum game that is because you know throughout school we are taught one is a winner and the other is a loser i saw that come through i didn't see it when i joined my first team you know we were a nascent team and there was a lot of bonhomi etc when the how do you say the performance appraisal or when you are uh, how do you say graded in some form i saw the dynamics change a lot and i'm being very transparent here this happens to everyone every organization people feel that i win only when you know uh, you know others lose in some form and that i think uh, i realized after you know going through those things a couple of years in that philosophy is incorrect to come over that and to grow in my own space where i felt that yes i have my own identity i know my stuff and i will grow by sharing learning interacting with others it took me some time to figure out i coined this concept called cooperation where you know in life it's not about competition but it's about cooperation and competition where competition helps it's imp- and both are important Competi- competition helps you push yourself hard you know because you see it's relative right it's always relative okay but uh, you have to realize that somebody else's point of view or perspective or where they are standing is not yours and cooperating with their expertise and gaining that expertise and sharing it with others will help you you know again going back to game theory where you call this you know you you're thinking in that then you talk zero sum you're talking about a fixed pie you're thinking oh the world is so small i'm talking about this this world of mine and nothing can grow 
But when you go into this whole co- competition mindset of sharing ideas, each one of you can grow in your dimension and grow that pie. So it's called some zero-sum game going to a think-win-win kind of situation. So I think that is my uh, biggest, you know, it has been a pay- it was a pain point, but, uh, you know, over the course of time, it has helped me grow and evolve and become a better person. No, it's interesting you talk about competition because ingrained we're tuned to saying hey i am competing against tech but i think growing in an industry or an organization makes you realize that you are your own competition in trying to be like hey am i better today than i was tomorrow if yes then i have succeeded and whatever it is that i'm trying to do. correct how do you become the best version of yourself best version of yourself exactly yes Yep. And, and and it's not just you, you know, even businesses, you know, you would, if you go, if, and I encourage people to go read about this concept in business, the biggest fiercest rivals you see have competed, as I call it, at some level, Apple and Samsung, you know, they compete, but they have shared exchange ideas and come together. So everybody does it, you know, it's a very popular concept in business. So I think it applies to our careers as well. So uh, speaking about lessons that you learned in your career, I want to ask about lessons that you had to unlearn what is one thing that you had to unlearn during the course of your career that you had learned earlier on and had become a habit earlier on in your career one important lesson was when I started off I felt that when somebody asked me a question I had to share everything that I knew to that person it is about whole enchilada that I deliver okay I know xyz you know abc I have to tell everything and I could just go on and on and over the course of my career I have learned that yes that is okay but the skill lies in being uh, in brevity in conciseness how well can you summarize what you want to say in you know an edited version and give the person what he she wants to know and the reason is you know the human mind can only consume only a part of what you can take away so in that long rant that you may deliver you believe oh i have given this person everything that they asked for but brevity is key And I think unlearning that and shortening and crispening my answers was my biggest unlearning that I had to do along the way. I agree. And that's one of the most important things that I learned as well. Never write long emails. Um, Yeah. No, for me... I remember early days, I would give big messages or something. And the first response that would come is, yeah, give me a one-line summary. The conclusion at the top. What's that one most significant uh, turning point in your career uh, that's propelled you to wherever you are uh, in this past 13 years? Yeah, interesting question. Uh, So as I said, I started off my career in engineering, you know, at Qualcomm. And then I had grown to be an engineering manager. And somewhere you know, in that mid-career phase that everybody's trying to figure out, hey, where do I want to go? I was also in that phase. And I call it the chasm. You know, I don't know if you know the concept of this chasm in, um, you know, product marketing. It's where, you know, you move from the early adopter, early, early stages of your product to mass adoption. So there's this chasm. How do you go there? So it's something like that in your career also, where you have to jump you know, from one person, you know, point to another, and where are you going to jump in that area? So I was in that phase and uh, exploring, it was this exploratory route. So one thing I did was I started reading up on fundamentals of business and I realized I knew nothing, which is not a good thing. I think, uh, it's, you know, I, I probably should have had that experience. And that's one recommendation I'd have for any folks who want to grow in their, in their line also that, Get some fundamentals of business. They're very helpful, like marketing, finance. Uh, these are useful courses for you 
throughout your career. You it'll just help you view products or whatever you're doing, your work in different dimensions and project yourself in a different way. But I realized that late. So I was reading those, getting, you know, accustomed to that. And that's where, you know, my familiarity with these subjects, the business subjects came in. Uh, so that that is the that point I call preparation. So I'm going to give two lessons here. One is, you know, what changed. One was this whole preparation. Prepare, 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 I say. It's better to not have an opportunity and be prepared than have an opportunity and not be prepared. So in some way, you know, I, I did that, that groundwork was going on. And one, one fine day, what happened uh, was, uh, you know, somebody who had seen me doing demos, speaking at different events, or, you know, just, you know, explaining technical concepts to customers, etc. I was talking about a very different idea, uh, you know, some, somewhere along the volunteering, etc. that I do to this person, to this leader. And uh, at the end of the talk, this person tells me, you know what, Srija, I believe that you'll be a great fit for this role we have in our organization, a product management role. Here are the reasons why you'll be a great fit. At that point in time, I was looking at more of a three to five year horizon for the change that uh, I was looking at. And I didn't think I was prepared. You know, you always feel you are unprepared. You always feel that, oh, there's a long way for me to go before that day hits. And he said, uh, you know, why don't you do this? Uh, let's see if the hiring manager also believes so and let's get you set up for an interview if that happens and we could do it tomorrow but the hiring manager spoke to me and said oh let's get it scheduled i think you'll you'll be fine and honestly i did the the cardinal mistake that uh, you know i had always heard about in all these conferences or people that i meet you know when you see 10 things listed on a job you will say oh i have six but i don't have four and you'd focus on the four and not apply to the job so i'd heard of this and i knew it but when i was faced with that problem i did exactly what i was told not to do i said you know what you folks are telling me you know i have these four or five skills but i don't have these four or five that you need and the next lesson i'm telling you is about sponsorship and how important sponsors are in your life both of them you know or at least the manager who is hiring me instilled in me don't think that way we are telling you this because we see in you all the qualities that are needed here and there's always room for that growth for what you don't have that sponsorship changed my life i interviewed the next day i got the role you know my career trajectory changed from there so two important lessons for me from there is is about sponsorship and for people who are who are doing you know who are looking at their careers prepare prepare and prepare be in this constant learning phase where you don't know when an opportunity is going to knock yeah you know i like uh, what you said about like you're never going to be perfect for a job um, based on all the job requirements that they give. I don't think there's anyone that's going to be perfect that's going to have all the skills required for the job. When you interview someone today, what do you look for other than the job qualifications in, in that candidate to hire them for, for the job? That's again um, an interesting question and I'll, I'll go back in time where you know I've kind of interviewed uh, recently also some candidates. So I can tell you from that experience, if I had to name one quality, I'd say it is how proactive is the candidate? It's about attitude more than anything else for me. And I'll give you a small example. You know, the expertise matters. Keeping that as a baseline. If the expertise, you have a certain level of expertise, then what you're living, uh, looking for is uh, how proactive are you? And by proactive, I'll give you a simple example. If you are in a face-to-face -face interview, I would see that, are you just, what's your demeanor? What's your non-verbal communication towards me? How how active or how proactive are you? But how willing are you to go to a whiteboard and just, you know, summarize things for me? And, and these are traits that you will see in a meeting. Who's willing to go and write on a whiteboard and explain the problem statement to me? Who's willing to brainstorm with me when I'm giving hints or, you know, just... Uh, 
just stopping at a certain point. I have seen in many cases, in terms of ideas as well, when you're brainstorming, I feel that many candidates just give up. Don't give up. Work with, your interviewers want you to succeed. You know, it's more of a discussion. That's how, it, it's a discussion. And we want to see you know, how far you can think and how far you can go. Beyond this, going back to that brevity point that I mentioned, I feel that many candidates forget that. And especially in Zoom interviews, etc., I have found uh, your listening span is, is low. So you might just lose the interviewer. So yeah. these, these couple of things I would definitely say. No, I think the way I want to summarize that is, hey, leave a lasting impression in your interview, uh, whether it is a, a yes or no. So tomorrow when a role comes up, you know hey this candidate came this time i know he or she wasn't a good fit at that point of time maybe they may be a good fit the second thing that comes to mind is when i was interviewing uh, and doing whiteboard interviews the first thing that the interviewer told me was hey don't feel pressure in solving the problem uh, one thing i wanted to add also was this is not something i can share uh, during the process but when we are interviewing, right, as interviewers, if somebody reaches out to me about the position, because we're interviewing other candidates, it's very hard to give direct feedback because it's relative. But I always suggest that after the process is done, the interviewer can give you more uh, direct feedback as to how you could improve. A couple of things I picked up from your last answer were going to the whiteboard and problem solving right and brainstorming with you so what advice would you have for new individual getting into a room full of experts who need to be empowered to come share ideas and collectively problem solve what advice would you give new hires how would you help them get empowered to come share ideas. I, I let me tell you first the mistakes I made when um, when I went into this this exact room full of experts that you're talking about. When I joined, uh, you know, the organization, everybody around me I felt was an expert. I would just do all the wrong things. So these are things not to do first. I would just go into that meeting, uh, make myself as small as possible, hide into one corner, you know, go to the back of the room, uh, lower the chair, all, all these things. <laughs> that I have done and you know it just made me feel more comfortable that I'm not seen I'm, I'm hiding and more listening you know where you because I felt that no one's going to listen to my ideas what will I have to share when all these people know so much right so that is if you feel that let me tell you you're not alone now that said I think I, I leave you with a very with a message that I keep telling me uh, I keep telling myself every day wherever you go this will happen when you transition from being an IC to a manager you'll be a new manager when you go from, an, from a manager to maybe a director or, you know, there will be always senior people. Remember this, whatever chair you have or whatever experience you have, your ideas, your experience is yours and you will have something unique. So you can lead from any chair. My, my point is you can lead from any chair. And if, if there is no chair or if there is no seat at that table, go make a, make, a, uh, uh, make a seat for yourself. Once you have that, of course, you know, you're trying to listen, absorb. Don't be keen on speaking up. It is not how much you speak and you know in a, don't be in a rush to speak but listen absorb and be a sponge in in whatever environment you are so that's that's number one number two in the early days especially you know when you are this new grad coming in if you want to get people to listen to you write down what you want to speak in advance think about what you would like to speak bulletize it if need practice it. Practice would help you gain the confidence that is needed to go present or talk in such a meeting. If it's an unstructured meeting, 
then you know compose your thoughts before speaking because you are trying to validate yourself in a way and do not get disheartened if you know you're not heard once not heard twice keep saying it keep doing it you talk about the transition from being an individual contributor to a manager and what are some aspects that an employee should keep in mind when he or she is thinking about transitioning from being an IC to manager yeah i think uh, this is something that uh, many managers have gone through many ic ma- ic to manager transitions that have happened you everybody feels that when they come in they are going to change the world okay uh, you will hear the change that i'm going to make but what you have to realize is uh, people uh, humans are creatures of habit so they are accustomed to something you cannot dump change on them immediately so when you come in as a manager i think what you need to do first is let it soak in it's very hard to do i'll tell you no you have that energy oh i'm a new manager i want to change the world today i have x y and z and you would have sat on the sidelines and seen you know hey here are the changes i need to make the the biggest thing to do is just be patient about those changes because first the team has to accept you as a leader so rather than going for you know the big transitions or big wins small wins about gaining trust so once you have those small wins tackled like you know this could take about 60 to 90 days in a lot of ways honestly figure out you know once you have those one on ones once you have those you know have gained their trust is when you start making small changes and then go to the big changes once you've made the small changes the big changes come in fast i mean i want to ask a question that's a little bit of a tangent to this management question is you know there's there's a difference in my perspective in people management versus product management like product management does involve people management but but people management externally in terms of like customers and uh, talking to customers being open and things like that what would you say is the difference in people management versus is product management and how would one who wants to be a product manager prepare for that mindset uh it's an interesting question uh, and they are um i would say they are different because in in people management you are in a way influencing through authority where you have have been given that hierarchy and that title etc so people management is all about influencing or getting work done and you know being responsible for your team and motivating them and how to get the best out of them product management on the other hand you don't have a direct team it's about influencing without authority so you have all these arms that you need to work with but you're not responsible for any of them wherein you, you know you don't have the levers so how do you really motivate them and how do you get work done with by partnering with them so it's a lot of collaboration in terms of you know understanding the motivators in the other case also you're trying to understand individual motivators but there because you're responsible for their success you know you you have it it's kind of closely tied to you here you know the way you have to the, the motivators that you need to understand they have nothing to give to you in that sense yeah. because they have a different manager they and their priorities may be different so how do you channelize their inner motivators to get work done for the organization so i say as a you know for product management the biggest skill set uh, that you need to have is really dealing with ambiguity that's great if you you're wearing more of a cross functional hat and i think you change hats more often when you're doing product management um, yes. compared to people management yeah. yes and making people believe in your vision in terms of how you want to take 
the product forward another thing i want to highlight is not all product management roles are directly customer facing you have technical product management roles which are so there are two kinds we call them inbound and outbound but what it means is an inbound or a technical product manager could be somebody who's very who has depth who has depth in a certain area you know maybe software or hardware and uh, they are able to visualize or vis- have a vision for what the next generation of product should look like more the outbound or customer product managers product marketing managers or you know however there are different terms for this they are more about how do you communicate with the customer how do you get their requirements they need both technical and uh, you know a strong amount of you know these negotiations soft skills etc to pull the strings to get things going so there are two school of thoughts like hey i don't want to innovate for the sake of innovating when i have tool sets that can get work done for me so how do you determine the need for innovation versus just using an out of the box solution in getting work done add to his point innovation always has risk involved yeah. um, you have to measure the cost you have to measure the time it takes you have to measure the resources that you allocate to innovation so yes. when do you decide i guess that you want to take that step rather than you know exhausting yourself with existing tools what kind of steps do you put forward ahead of time to mitigate risks involved yeah. and a so common phrase you hear right like let's not hey let's not try reinventing the wheel again uh, terminology <laughs> that you hear in organizations correct so uh, that's a that's a thin line to tread and you know honestly it's about the cost versus the benefits trade off there honestly because as leaders you have to look at cost and what is the value eventually it's about what value does a product deliver and what's the roi the better your business plan including cost and risk i think the better you can convince your leaders and as leaders it is about thinking forward 3 year 5 year 10 year horizon how do you think this technology is going to benefit versus the existing technology start putting some resources here to develop that homegrown solution while you explore the you know the external solution you keep tapping into it once you feel it is production ready alpha ready beta that's why you have those phases right alpha beta you go through those phases and when you are ready is when you go in full uh, you know full all in but till that time you have to give and you have uh, the that that team that resources that are needed and uh, again that will go back to the value it delivers and the eventual roi i want to move a little bit towards um, asking questions about what's happening currently uh, we're seeing a lot of change in the outside world owing to the latest inflation report that came out last week which was terrible <laughs> so uh, you know we are currently moving from a post covid employee favored job market to a an employer favored job market what what would you say is one skill that an employee should have in terms of surviving the recession that we're heading into eventually the one skill i'd say is perseverance and it it is it is not easy i'll give you an example of my own life when i graduated i graduated in the peak of recession 2009 so uh, it was it was hard i would not say things are easy and again learn from my mistakes please don't do the mistakes that i did when uh, you know i had this internship that i had done the previous year so when i graduated you know i i just had to wait it out till you know my offers came through etc because uh, things were getting delayed horribly delayed and i would say for you know for anybody who's on the lookout or new grads etc stay strong it's it's 
going to be hard and you'll have to put maybe 10x or 20x the effort or maybe more than what your the previous batches had to do or the previous you know years had to do but it will only make you stronger but for that you got to be perseverant what i did not do was i was not perseverant i was too relaxed i felt you know where i said okay it will come when it has to come i applied to you know a few jobs here and there online but i would not let's say i was not reaching out to my network or tapping out you know what i could do in the best way possible in those days there was no linkedin you know we were just it's about your seniors or whatever you know your campus resources etc that you had but that's a huge mistake you have to leverage your uh, resources you cannot pity yourself and say oh no i'm in this phase and just be laid back about it you got to reach out to every person you think is possible honestly if you send out maybe 100 emails you might just get a few maybe 10 back or even 5 back it's very hard and and it's not because those people don't want to respond i can tell you i, I apologize to a lot of people too but reach out and see who responds especially hiring managers people who have who are in, in you know within the circle that they are you are looking for within the area etc reach out to them your seniors especially are your biggest biggest resource and don't wait till the last 6 months of your graduation to get this realization uh, like i did uh, you know i i started that pretty late again will not work you got to take it in your hands your career is in your hands you cannot be uh, you know saying oh you know this will work out for me no uh, you have to put in the effort for it if things are not working out step back especially if interviews are not working out i treat your resume there may be things in your resume that are not um, reflecting what the needs of the market are the only way you know to survive this is stay strong stay persistent variant and stay on your toes that's the only way because now the market is shifting as as nandini's question outlined so now you need to go seek so make sure you know you hunt through the chaff figure out what you need to do or you know just uh, filter out all the noise and get through that uh, get through to the people you need and then you surely get get success yeah you know one more thing that i want to add to your point is to start early and plan especially for international students like kartik and i we have a lot to consider in terms of your cpt and your opt and all of that so yeah. i would say plan ahead plan 6 months ahead start early and like you know having multiple job offers in your hand is not something that's going to hurt you yeah absolutely and um you know one more thing today the one of the most trending topics even though it's such a competitive environment is work life balance right um employees are even demanding it from organizations so what do you think an employee consciously like apart from the perks that you get from organizations today what do you think an employee consciously can do to maintain that work life balance to be honest people who know me will tell you you know uh, i i'm a workaholic so it's it's about what makes you happy work life balance uh, you know it's to each his or her own concept do what makes you happy and it's it's more about work life integration for some people it's work life balance for some other people figure out what makes you happy you know ignoring one or the other may not make you happy and sometimes it's you know working around things getting your support system whether it's your family whether it's your friends everyone aligned to it and prioritization like you know it's just about i say life is a lot and life career is all about 
a lot like your products, the products that you build. Like you prioritize the features in your product, you know, in, in different cycles, in different sprints. Your work, your life, uh, you know, and your career is a lot about that feature prioritization at different stages. And you are that product manager. So all of us are product managers in our daily life. Prioritize what you need at a different stage and determine your work-life balance or integration as it makes you happy at that point in time. So I think, you know, it's been great to have you here. And I mean, I learned quite a bit. So it was, it was lovely to have you here. But I do ask one common question. How would you define success? Wow. And, and going on from the next one, I think it's a very, uh, it's an apt one, yeah. right? To translate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, for me, uh, anything, you know, success, uh, whether it's, in your career, whether it's in your life, whether it's in a role you play, you know, as a, as a daughter, as, you know, as a, a career-oriented person in your workplace, as a wife, or, or some other, as a parent at some point. It's all about, like, the product, again, the product example comes to the It's about the value you deliver. What value are you delivering? So, uh, you know, what is it that uh, I can do for the role that I'm playing or for that role that makes the other person around me happy and myself happy. And if I can do it to the best of my ability, that defines success for me. In your careers, you are taught that you play the next role and then you get your, you know, your promotion. Fortunately, for me, that is success. So, uh, you know, that's how I define success for myself, where I'm delivering certain value. And that brings me happiness. That kind of has helped me grow in my career in, you know, and, and made me stay happy at home and my life as well, where, uh, you know, making people around me happy is where I deliver value at best. So that's successful, delivering value. I love that. I think value is a very important word for both career in terms of delivering value, but also in life in terms of living by certain values. So yes. um, Shija, this was great. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with us. I think there's going to be a lot of people who learn a lot from this. And personally, I've learned quite a bit from you. Um, Likewise, I learned both of you summarize things so beautifully. So I did too. Great conversation. <laughs>